Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Latina Investors. So this week we're going to talk all about bank accounts. So there are a lot of you who have tons of bank accounts and you have just collected bank accounts. <laughs> it's like my funny way of saying like, what are you doing with all of these? And I want to show you how I help my clients organize their bank accounts so that they're simple, clean, make sense, and you are not, you're creating a bank account system and a kind of like a money infrastructure that is going to make budgeting, planning a lot more like simple. I think a lot of times what happens is the system and the structure that you have built with your bank accounts doesn't support like your plans that you have. And so because those two are not aligned, it's very hard to get on track with like actually following through with the plan that you have for your money. Um, so I'm going to show you what four bank accounts you want to have and how to utilize them and how they kind of all work together so that you um, yeah, just feel a little bit more clear and simple with your money organization. Okay, so let's dive in. So there are four bank accounts that I recommend um, that my clients have. And this is something that we do pretty much in the first week of working together is we clean up their bank account system. And so the two, the four banks that I recommend is two checking accounts and two savings accounts. So those are the four that I recommend. And I'm going to break down like um, what they are and how to use them. So one checking, we're going to start with the checking accounts first. One checking account is to hold your bills money. And the other checking account is to hold your spending money. So those would be your two checking accounts. One is for bills. One is for spending. And then you're going to do one savings account to say, to hold your long-term savings, like your emergency fund. And then you're going to do another savings account to hold your short-term savings, which would be your sinking fund. So we're going to go into all of this and the definitions. Um, but this is just a very clean, simple way to do it. Right now, all of the other accounts you have are creating a lot of confusion, right? You might have an account that you opened from a referral program that you did or, or one that you had when you like first opened one when you were 18 or one that you got because you got a part-time job and you wanted that job's money to be in a totally different account and so you set up your direct deposit with that account, right? So you have all of these accounts and it just creates a lot of confusion because then what happens is you start kind of like um, not relying on one account, but you have like different accounts that you tap into. Like for example, if you run out of money in your main checking account, you're like, oh, well, I have some money over here in this checking account and you transfer over there and you're making all of these moves and transactions. And while they work, you know, in the moment, it's not really a simple organized money bank account system. And so you just want to like, um, yeah, just make it, make it easier for you. Okay. So let's dive into exactly what these like accounts are going to hold and like how to utilize them. And then also how to strategically pair them with a, um, credit card or debit card. So your first checking account is going to hold your bills money. So this is the account where you're going to put 
the money that you would pay for upcoming bills, you're going to just go ahead and keep it there and it's going to just be on standby ready for when a bill is due, right? So let's say you're like, okay, I normally spend about, um, you know, $150 on utilities. So instead of waiting for your utilities bill to come in on the 28th of the month, if you get paid on the 20th, you would like on that payday separate your money that you are going to need to pay in bills and actually transfer it to a different checking account. Now this checking account and the second checking account that I'm talking about, they're going to be linked. And so, and meaning like they should be in the same bank. So this is really important. You don't want to have these two checking accounts in different banks because then then the transfer is going to take a while and that kind of creates a little bit of slowness in the system. So with these two checking accounts, just remember you want to have them in the same bank. Um, And so when you move money over, it happens instantly and it's like a very easy transfer. And so the reason why this is really great and a lot of my clients have benefited from moving over there and separating their money is because it's really easy to see what money is allocated for bills um, and what you shouldn't spend on like, you know, things that are not bills, right? And so it just creates a very clear boundary of like, oh, I already like know I'm going to owe this money for bills. Let me separate it, put it in another another account. And then I have the rest of the money um, in another account and that's specifically dedicated to spend. Now, when you are um, like organizing this, something that I want you to do and consider is also like, just as you are assigning a checking account for bills, also assign a debit um, card or a credit card for bills. Because what's happening right now is likely you have a couple of credit cards and everything's being charged to different things. And it's just creating a lot of confusion. Like, oh, electricity is charged to my city credit card, but then my subscriptions are charged to this credit card. And um, I pay um, my phone from this other credit card. And so there's like just so many like different like transactions happening with different credit cards. So it's very hard for you to like know one, what are your bills monthly? Cause it seems like they're all kind of spe- uh, scattered everywhere. And so just bringing all those charges to one place is going to just help you feel so much. Um, it's just going to feel lighter because you're like more organized with your money. What I recommend is Um, if you move all of your bills to a debit card, great. Then that debit card is linked to your bills checking account. And now like that, that's great and, and nice. Now, another thing that you could do is use a credit card and you specifically designate that credit card to be your quote unquote bills credit card. Now, this is good to do if you are, like starting with a $0 balance on your credit card, right? Like I wouldn't do this if you're like, oh, I have $1,000 of um, like 
a credit card debt here or I have uh, you know $5,000 of credit that I'm like holding in these cards I wouldn't do it if you're starting with a balance like I would make sure you are designating a credit card with a zero dollar balance that you can make your credit your bills credit card and so now you have a very clear and simple and organized system for like this is the money allocated and separated to paying for my bills and they either get charged on my debit card and it's paid from my checking account or they get charged to my bills credit card and then I use my money in my bills checking account to pay my bills credit card. Does that make sense? So it's very clean. You're very clear on like the bills that are coming and the bills that are getting paid and all of it functions within those tools. Now, moving on to your second checking account. Your second checking account is going to hold your spending money. So your spending money is going to be groceries, gas, maybe therapy, medications, things that are kind of like financial obligations, um, as well as your just like a little bit more um, flexible, free spending of like eating out, nails, shopping, clothes, right? Like things that are um, not necessarily necessities, like groceries, gas, you need to buy them. Um, Nail shopping, you don't necessarily like need this to um, survive. Feels so dramatic to say, but like it's not like a true necessity as in like you absolutely need it, but it it is part of your spending that you want to make a priority. Um, so that is where that comes from. Um, and I think that just having your money separated helps you see the, um, the pace of your spending, right? And so when I did this, um, when I used this bank account system, also this bank account system works really well. Um, if you're managing your money on your own, the reason I don't use this anymore is because now, um, I'm married and our bank accounts look a little bit different. Um, so that's kind of like the reason why I haven't used this, but this system works really well on my clients. Um, and I have personally used it to get a lot of great results. But the reason that it is so effective is because it gives you a clear, like, um, it gives you clear awareness of your spending and so if you constantly are like setting aside money for bills you get a true number as um you get a true like spending number that you can kind of make sense over right so let's say you get paid you send over the bills money to your bills checking account you send money to your money goals whatever that is whether it's saving paying off debt or investing And then you also now, after you've done those two things, you have money left over for spending. So let's say consistently you're like, okay, when I do these two things, I'm left with like $500. And so now you actually have a number that you're like, okay, so $500 is going to cover my groceries, gas, eating out, nail shopping for the next two weeks until my next paycheck. Does that feel good now if you're not like aware or in tune with your numbers it might be a little hard to like gauge if that feels good or not so what will happen and what happens with my clients is they test out that number and they see like okay how did $500 feel for two weeks of spending um and so that like 
just even having the awareness of that, that that's your number will give you a, just a a sense and a gauge of like keeping up with your pace and understanding like you're spending at a much more intimate level as opposed to just kind of spending from one lump sum account, right? It can get really hard to like actually see where your money is going if you're just spending from like one checking account and you don't know how much is going to your bills. It just kind of comes and you, you, you know, you, you're expecting and hoping that like there's going to be enough money for that there. Um, you keep tabs of the bigger, um, you know, uh, bills like rent and mortgage, but there's no like real clarity. And the reason why the system works really well is because you actually get clarity and like, oh, this is what I have for spending. And then you can kind of make your adjustments from there. Now, you also want to stick to debit card spending for this at first um, because I, what I recommend my clients do is like for the first week, just um, the first week of implementing this system, spend on your debit card and see like, see the pace of your checking account um, and your spending and, and what that looks like. So you can get like more clear on your numbers. Um, but then the other thing is um, if you want to then eventually transition to a credit card like you want to assign a credit card specifically for spending. And so now this makes the whole system a little, let's just feel nicer and clean and organized because you have one credit card specifically for bills and you have another credit card specifically for spending. And so again, same as the other one, you want to start this credit card at a zero balance. Um, so you get paid, your credit card's at zero, you start your spending and you're good. Um, the money that you just got paid will be used for the transactions that you're putting on that credit card. Um, and so you're again, getting money and spending it in the future and kind of doing that that way. Okay, cool. So a really common question that my clients will ask is like, okay, so does this mean that I'm spending to zero before every paycheck? Um, one that feels really alarming. Like I don't like my pay, I don't like my checking account going down below like, you know, a hundred dollars. It makes me super nervous. And so, yes, in theory, um, what you would do is like fill that account with just the amount of money you need and then bills will come in and then you'll be good. Now, that's like the theoretical part of it. Practically, what you can do is actually allocate a checking account buffer to either your spending or your checking, uh, sorry, your spending account or your bills account. And so this checking account buffer, what it is, it actually creates a buffer for you to kind of have a base level minimum amount in your um, bills checking or your spending checking. And so um, this is just going to create a little bit more peace of mind if you don't like things getting so close to zero. I did this for a very long time. I had a um, $1,000 checking account buffer in my spending account. And so every time I got paid and you know got my spending money, let's say it would be like, okay, you have $1,500 in here. So those $500... I would mentally know, I know it says $1,500, but really it's $500. And so those $500 I would spend as soon as I got to like $1,010.15, like I would just know, oh, okay, I have $10.15 left to spend in this paycheck cycle. Um, I do have $1,000 in my checking 
for spending at all times. So it didn't like alarm me that I only had $10.15. But that is like the purpose of the checking account buffer. Now the checking account buffer for your bills account also will serve the purpose of, um, you know, just like uh, catching any bills that may be a little bigger. Like let's say, you know, you thought your electric was 128, but it's actually 150. Um, That difference is caught by the foot buffer. Um, And then you would always like replenish the amount. So that would be another tool to use with those two checking accounts to just create a little bit more safety around feeling prepared that your checking accounts will indeed like be able to support and pay for your bills. So those are the two checking accounts. Now let's go into the savings accounts. So two savings accounts is what I recommend. And you want to have one savings account that is specifically designated for your emergency fund. So your emergency fund is um, your first kind of like goal is going to want to be to have at least one to three months of living expenses saved up, that would be your emergency fund. And so if you um, don't have that, that would be like a really great first money goal to um, to prioritize and kind of have because you always want to have this base level savings just kind of there on the sidelines ready for you um, if, if anything were to happen and you needed like just cash on hand. So um, you want to first like um, determine what that is for you, right? Like what, what do I need um, to cover all of my bills and my spending for one month? What is that number? And that number is going to be very different to everyone, right? Some people it's 3,000. For some other people it's 5,000. If you are, you know, have a household, then it's it could be 10,000, right? Like it just doesn't, we don't know. So that's why it's like really important to get clear on your numbers so that you can kind of start deciding like, okay, for me, what is an appropriate emergency fund? Um, And so with this particular savings account, since it's holding your emergency fund, this one, you want to think about it as like kind of a long-term savings goal. You're putting money in there, you're leaving it, you're wanting it to grow until you hit that goal. If something ever comes up, um, you know, long term, you have you have just like the savings there. So you want to think about this as like your long term savings. Your second savings account, this is going to be one that's your short short term savings. So your short term savings are going to be specifically for things that are coming up or that potentially could come up um, and you can plan for. So for example, you know you're going to need an oil change at some point this year. You know you're going to get your hair cut or your hair done at some point this year. You know you're going to like have to replenish your skincare. You know there's going to be birthdays you're going to go to or baby showers. Um, you know there might be like a vacation that you're planning, right? So your second savings account is going to hold all the money that is for like your short-term savings. And so this is the money that I want you to get really comfortable just like utilizing not necessarily as like the savings that you can never touch, but instead it's a savings that you can tap into, that you can kind of go in, take money out, refill it. Like you're you're like making this uh, savings account work for you in the sense that like 
you're putting money in, you're taking it out. You're putting money in, you're taking it out. You're replenishing, you're spending, right? Like it's normal and okay for this um, short-term savings to do that. It catches all of the, all of the things that like kind of come up um, and that you have planned for. Now, the difference between this savings account and the first one is that the first one is more a long-term emergency fund. Now, I don't want you to think about your emergency fund as savings that you absolutely cannot spend because savings are meant to be spent, right? Like, and I get it. Like, I get how uncomfortable it can feel spending your savings, um, but it. I want you guys to start kind of seeing your savings as a tool to use and not like an asset to protect. A lot of times what happens is you'll build a savings and you'll just protect it. Like you freak out if it goes below 10,000 or if it goes below 1,000. You um, like just don't use the savings as a tool and your savings is a tool. It's money that, it's a tool that will keep you, um, you know, secure, safe, create stability in moments where you need it to. And so for emergency funds, like if there is an emergency and you need to tap into that money, Give yourself permission and create safety around like, hey, I created and I filled this and I can take money out and I know and I trust that it will refill, right? So so yeah, I just wanted to do a little caveat there because I think it's really important to not adopt the I can't spend my savings mentality because that ends up hurting you way more down the line. Um, but I guess to just recap the savings, the first savings is an emergency fund. The second savings is short-term savings, which is more for like sinking funds um, that you might have. So um, these two savings accounts, I would open at a um, as high yield savings accounts. So I wouldn't have your savings just be like a Wells Fargo savings or a Chase savings. Like I would open them in banks that offer high yield for savings accounts. I can do a whole episode on like what is a high yield savings account, but it is essentially just a savings account that gives or gives you a higher yield for having your money just sit there. So for example, um, Ally Bank is a high yield. Um, is a bank that offers high yield savings account. Marcus by Goldman Sachs is also a bank that offers high yield savings accounts. And so if your money is just kind of sitting there um, for an emergency fund or for sinking funds, it, it's more advantageous for you to have it be in a high yield savings account because you're you're going to earn more money for it just sitting there. As of the time of this recording, which is July 2023, most high yield savings accounts are giving you 4% of your money back. So it's like 4% interest accruing, then that money's coming back to you. Whereas your brick and mortar um, savings account at like Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Chase, to compare, you're getting 0.01% back. And so that is why I recommend all of my clients move their savings to high yield savings accounts so that like you're starting to see your money work and at least, you know, create some more money as opposed to sitting somewhere where it won't. So those are the four accounts that I recommend to keep things simple, easy, and organized. It's just going to um, create a little bit more of a money organization system that feels 
like light. And I think honestly, walking into, if we compare this to like the analogy of organizing like a room, walking into a cluttered, disorganized room can sometimes feel a little bit like, I don't know if this is you as well, but if I walk into like a messy, crowded space, like I immediately kind of feel like a little bit heavy, like ah, I just want things to be nice and organized. And so organizing, rearranging, um, making sure everything has its place. When you walk into that room, you just feel lighter. And that's what I want for you when it comes to your finances. Like I want you to feel light, like, okay, everything makes sense. Like I feel very clear about where my money is going. I feel very confident like telling my money where to go and what I want to do. So I help my clients set all of this up during one-on-one money coaching. So if you are looking um, for support with organizing your finances and just getting more clear, um, I want to invite you to apply. Um, If you want to be at a place where you're like, hey, I want to feel better about spending and I want to enjoy my money today on things that I love, but also I want to save and I want to pay off debt and I want to invest um, and I want to do it in a way where I don't feel it, right? Like I'm, I'm able to make progress in both areas of my life that are important. Um, if that's your desire, I want you to apply to one-on-one money coaching. Uh, one-on-one money coaching is a four-month program where I teach you how to do this. You'll learn how to spend in accordance to your priorities and your money goals so that you can you know, build wealth in a way that feels sustainable, feels enjoyable, and doesn't require you having to sacrifice or have rice and beans or just be miserable because you can do both. So if you are interested, head over to the link in my bio on Instagram. So my uh, page is at building.gen.wealth and book a call through the link in bio or there's also going to be a link in the description below. Uh, But that is it for this week's episode. Thank you guys so much. If you are enjoying these episodes, make sure to share with a friend because I would love more people to just listen to money conversations and money topics and um, learn more about money. But that is it for this week. I hope you have an amazing rest of your week. Bye.